Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Today's guest is a writer of blogs, poetry, and songs. Some days she's a learner asking questions about God and the world he's redeeming. Other times she's just sitting on the couch watching television and stress eating. Today we're joined by Savannah Locke. She's going to share with us a little bit about her career, what drew her into the arts. She's also going to talk about her experience with The Faithful Project. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Savannah Locke. She is an author, a songwriter, and a blocker. So we're going to start by getting to know you a little bit. You are a writer of blogs. You enjoy poetry. You also write music. Tell us about yourself. Yes. So I um, live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I have been here since I was a little girl, always surrounded by a ton of creative people. And I found out pretty quickly that I was bent towards creativity. And so ever since I was little, I always was making something and making some (laughs) sort of play or, you know, I don't know if you guys have kids, but I feel like all the kids do like the Christmas productions and the Easter stuff, but I would do ones for like the mailman. (laughs) making up songs about like the weather patterns and so I always sort of had this bent towards me and yeah as I got older and started really like working through my own story and developing that I started realizing that um God had sort of given me writing to help process the world and to hopefully help other people see bits of their own story as well I like that you are an artist basically in all aspects Yes, yes. I try to be at least. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey and how you include faith in all of the art that you do. Yeah, so I uh, was a pastor's kid. So my grandparents were pastors of a church for like the first 20 years of my life. And my mom led worship and um, my dad worked in the accounting department at our church. And so I was always really inundated in church world. Um, and that can come with both positives and negatives. Um, there was some abuse in my background in the context of church. So I had a lot of church trauma that I dealt with in my adult years. So I kind of had this like super conservative upbringing, then a massive faith crisis in my 20s when I started reconciling. Um, some of the abuse and trauma of my life in the context of church and trying to figure out who God was in the midst of all of that. And um, as I, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about butterflies lately, but I was researching about butterflies because in their cocoon, there's a phase in which they turn to complete liquid and they're totally shapeless. And the only things that are left um, with shape are some parts of their brains that hold memories And when I think of my faith crisis, that picture resonated so much with me because it felt like I had totally lost shape. (laughs) Like I did not know who I was, who God was, but then there was like kind of this like little remnants of preservation of like the memory of of who God was. And, And then I just sort of started rebuilding from that. And so now I'm 30. And so it's been around like six years since I've really started reclaiming my faith and my experience with God and who God is. And I'm actually in uh, graduate school for theology now too. So trying to learn all of that good stuff. <laughs> nice. Uh, what led you to dig deeper into theology and like go to seminary or grad school for a theology degree? 
Well, Mike, that was my undergraduate degree was actually in theology and art. So I've always been really interested in who God is. Um, and I, I really love learning in academia. Um, but I, I don't know, it just was never really the right time. But actually, one of your beautiful Canadian pastors, Bruxy, he... Oh, nice. Uh, yes, he uh, really <laughs> helped me throughout that, not personally, but throughout that faith crisis, like I was drawn to some of his teachings. And mm -hmm. he comes from uh, Anabaptist tradition, and that's just a denomination. And so through learning more about Anabaptists through Bruxy, I was led to an Anabaptist program in Chicago. So that's how I ended up studying at graduate school. Yeah, good, uh, good Mennonite background for Brooksy. A lot of our listeners will be familiar with him and his books, I bet. Oh, good. Yes, he's <laughs> amazing. I'm so grateful for all of his work. Now, you were recently involved in the Faithful Project, and I love your story of how you actually got into this situation and, and how things rolled out for you. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Colleen, someone dropped out and I don't, I still don't know who it is. I should honestly probably ask, but someone dropped out at the very last minute for one of the writing retreats that they had last year before COVID. And, um, I knew a bunch of people that were heading it up, heading up the whole faithful project. And I guess they had a meeting last minute. They were like, who can we bring in that can do songwriting, potentially write a chapter of the book and just, you know, jump in last minute. And I guess my name popped up because some of the people followed me on Instagram. So they called me and they were like, can you come on Wednesday? And I was like, sure, let's do it. And so that's how I was so lucky to be able to jump in last minute. And while you were there, a lot of people would question you and ask you that question that you just said there are you are you an author are you a songwriter and the best was the answer that you were giving everybody when you did arrive yeah oh I was literally like I'm an office manager <laughs> <laughs> I was managing a doctor's office in uh, Franklin a holistic doctor's office for three years and I and I, I don't know a ton about y'all's story but I've just found in my own life that you know life happens in seasons. And so for me, I was super creative and had a lot of creative opportunities in my early twenties. And then when I got married and my husband and I were working on creating a home and a life, I started working at this doctor's office and was an admin. And I just felt like that creative part of me was totally hidden. And then when this faithful project burst onto the scene of my life, it sort of reactivated all of that for me. But when I walked into the first writing session, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, can I even write anymore? I don't even recognize this part of myself. It was like I had to get reacquainted with myself. <laughs> what was it like to be surrounded by all those amazing women? Um. I felt so naked. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? And uh, I think there was also, though, at the same time, that was, it was sort of like wonder and awe. It, it, I thought I would be more insecure than I was, but I actually think that in those hidden seasons that when you submit to them, that God actually secures your identity in a different way than you realized. And so for me going into it, it was sort of liberating because I didn't have anything to prove. Like I wasn't trying to get anywhere. I wasn't trying to do anything. And I was just able to fully be myself and just enjoy the beauty of every single person in that room. It was really fun. It's been out for uh, just a few weeks now, I guess. And what's it been like watching uh, the reaction and all the excitement around it? 
Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that everyone gets it. That's I'm just so happy that that what we felt when we were creating it seems to be translating outside of that space. And it was so special and in unifying and um humble and creative and I think that that is what's being activated in everyone who's experiencing the project whether it's through the album or the book or the live stream um so I'm just really happy that it's it's translating well because um if you create something you know you know what you intended but you don't know how it's going to come across and it seems that um everyone's really getting it tell us a little bit about your contribution to this project Um, Okay, so I sang on several of the songs. Um, I wrote a chapter in the book, and then I performed in the live stream. So I kind of dabbled in all of the parts of it. What would you say was your favorite part of those three, or did you love them all? (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, obviously, like you love them all. Um, But I was really excited about getting to write a chapter because okay so in the book oh another canadian and voskamp you guys guys (laughs) see we're everywhere well and my best friend is from canada so i literally do love you guys so um one of my favorite authors is in voskamp and so i remember when i was called and they asked me to write a chapter in the book I think my first question was literally, is Anne writing in the book? <laughs> and they were like, yes. And I was like, I can't believe that I'm going to be a part of a project that Anne Voskamp is going to be a part of. So there was like a real excitement there for me with the book. Uh, what were some of your like, your biggest uh, takeaways? Or did you learn anything in the project working with other women? Something new or something exciting you've taken from it? Um, yeah, so I actually got to kind of do these post event interviews with every single one of the women in the project. And something I realized is, you know, and Paul talks about this in the Bible about like, we're all part of this body. And like, some people are a mouth and some people are an ear and some people are eye and hands, whatever. And I think that when I was involved in this project, it made me realize how deeply we need each other in order to have a fuller picture of of who God is. And so a lot of the women were, you know, a couple steps ahead of me and have kids and have been around the block and have had their own books and Bible studies and records, etc. And there was just like a, a wisdom that came with that that I don't have yet because I don't have that life experience. And so I think it was this very visible and felt reality of how deeply we need each other in the body of Christ and how our differences aren't threats to each other, but actually gifts to help us grow and see a bigger picture of the goodness of God. Yeah, that's like really interesting. I think it happens to everybody, but I especially see it in the church and I've experienced it in my own feelings uh, when somebody gifted comes alongside, I almost get my defenses up, right? And I feel threatened by them instead of like grabbing onto them and using them to work together to glorify God. We get a little worried that other people are, are better than us. A hundred percent. And honestly, that reminds me a lot of um, the story of Joseph in like the Old Testament. I, I've mm. seen this a lot lately. 
of how his brothers felt so threatened by them and instead of, of by Joseph, but instead of dealing with their own insecurities, they just wanted to get rid of him. And I think a yeah. lot of times that's how we interact with people who kind of come in with their like amazing confidence and presence and giftedness. And instead of dealing with the insecurity that pops up with us so that we can collaborate with them, we see them as competition that we need to get rid of. And so I think what's so special about this project is that that it just wasn't there. Like that competition just wasn't there. And I think what showed through was this beauty of collaborating in community for, for the kingdom. I wish that that didn't have so many cuss sounds, but it did. Collaborating <laughs> for the kingdom. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That is just making me think. Yeah. So many times I see people with their beautiful coats of many colors and I get so jealous and throw them in a pit instead. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's so true, so relatable. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that. The collaboration behind this and celebrating one another's gifts. What are you hoping other people take away from the project then, people that come and read and listen to the songs? Um, I mean, a, a couple of things. One is that God is writing an amazing story with the church and that everyone um, including women need to be involved and on the forefront of that. And that for the last several thousand years, women have been kind of the tip of the spear of this story. And that all like women, I think about um, Moses's mom and Moses's sister, kind of like, yes, we think of Moses being Moses's story. But the truth is, is that his mom and his sister were the ones that carried that promise. And then it was the Pharaoh's daughter that preserved his life. And that women this whole time have been kind of carrying this promise of God's goodness and God's faithfulness throughout the generations. So that's one thing is just is, is realizing how uh, detrimental it can be to ignore women's experiences in the church. So that's one thing. And then number two is the importance of, of community. And we've just all been feeling that I know for the last like year and a half. And I think that this project couldn't have come at a more perfect time for that reason to just remind us of the value of being in community and that none of us are intended to be islands and we're all intended and we're better when we're together. Speaking of working together, this also shows how powerful women can be when they work together as a team. Colleen, yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing that doesn't happen often. I know, I know. And I, I, I'm excited because I think that this is, this is the future. Like when I was part of it, I thought, okay, I can see this kind of creating bigger and better and more exciting and more fruitful collaborations between women in all spheres of, of, of influence in life and for people to create um, meaningful art and business uh through collaboration what's up uh next for you are you working on any other projects or are you just taking the the next little while to enjoy the results of this one well i'm just i'm actually selling my business right now so i started a business and i'm selling it and so that ends for me in two weeks and i'm going to take a month off because i'm so tired (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a tiny little, I keep on calling it my year of Jubilee. And so it's going to be my month of Jubilee. And then I, yeah, then I'm going to start to discern what might be next for me. That's great. How can we uh, stay up to date with your journey and follow along with you? Where can we find you online or social media and stuff? Yeah. If you look, my Instagram is the best option. So it's just Instagram at Savannah underscore lock. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it was really great talking with you. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.